Hey, Tyler, I got a controversial topic. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right, buckled in. Let's talk about Santa. What about him? Uh, what do you think about Santa? The, the cheer man with the, the rosy red cheeks, eats the cookies, comes down the, the chimney? Love the guy. No, the other Santa. <laughs> oh, the other one. Saint <laughs> <Yeah>. Saint Clouse. <laughs> <laughs> that Santa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you have Santa growing up? Absolutely, we had Santa growing up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. That's good. Oh man, it's I was a big a, deal these days. People yeah. talking about whether they're going to do Santa or I was not. A, I was a big, big Santa believer. Okay. Yep. I mean, if I keep receiving, I keep believing, right? I hear that. Yep. When did you find out that? Santa. Man, you're really just going to say it on the, on the podcast here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bold. <laughs> Respect it. Well, I mean, we won't say it. We're just going to say it, you know? <laughs> All right. All right. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I was in fifth grade, which, again, I know. I know already. It was <sighs> far, far too late. How'd they keep far it a secret late. that long? I know. It's unbelievable. I was just, I was so dead set. I was not going to, you know, even accept the logic at this point. But fifth grade, my parents, parents sit down after Christmas that year and figure, this is a good time to tell me, um, wow. you know, of, of the news. You heard from the parents, I heard too. from they the broke parents. Your heart. They, they broke my heart. On that fateful night. And I, I stood there, and when they told me, I ran straight to the bathroom and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> I, was in, I was in so much shock. What? Oh, yeah. I was in, <laughs> That's the response that I you have when in, you're shocked? You so much shot. I did not want to accept it that I ran to the bath. At least made it to the bathroom, but ran to the bathroom. I'm in shock. Puked my guts out. What you did? Oh yeah. Oh Oh. yeah. It's a it's a a very popular family story to tell at this point. I literally didn't even know you were going to say that. We didn't prepare (laughs) for this. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's very real. Very real. I, I I cried. Told my mom. I can't believe you lied to me. You know. I did the whole. Oh, yeah. You're, the, you're the reason why parents these days yeah. don't want to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I am the, the shining <laughs> example. <laughs> oh, poor Isaac. Uh, the other night we had some friends over, <laughs> and Ava said something mean. Mm. And so the other little boy responded by uh, informing no. my kids that no. yeah, <laughs> the old Saint oh. Nick is not a real person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then he proceeded to tell them that there's no way that any person in the world could know what everybody would want for Christmas and get them get it to them in time. That is so, so funny. I, I, I don't think Isaac believed him. Yeah. But, uh, oh, that was me. I heard all yeah. the, the non-believers, and I would not accept it. <laughs> Man, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm legitimately yeah. shocked. That, oh, yeah. What a story. Yeah. All right, here we go, man. <laughs> I love it. Santa is coming soon. Be ready. <laughs> well... Hello, everybody, and welcome to Weekly Hope. We are so glad to have you with us as we're talking through our sermon series, The King is Coming. And yesterday we were in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, talking about the story of the Magi. One of the questions that we kicked off with was, what do you give to someone who has everything? And so, Tyler, is this a problem in your house? What do you give to someone who has everything? <laughs> um... No, I've, for one, we're living in a, a one-bedroom apartment. Uh, just <laughs> j- just recently married, so uh, un- unfortunately, you have my, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> what you're saying. So, yeah, the idea of having everything that sounds, sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> um, no, but um, I don't know. Our situation, at least, though, is is my wife's already a hard one to shop for because she just is very content with the things that she already has. So mm-hmm. it's a struggle from the opposite end because she kind of feels like she has everything, even though 
in other worlds, we, we don't, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's great. It's a great place to be. We're very thankful. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. What, what we talked you? about yesterday in the, uh, in the sermon mm-hmm. was the story of this Christmas story really goes all the way back to Genesis, which has been pretty cool um, because we've been studying Genesis all fall, and you see that this creator of everything, the one who has and controls and owns everything, you know, loved us so much that he became incarnate, you know, God in the flesh, and entered into our messy, crazy world, and came uh, because he loves and cares for us. And so what do we give to the one who has everything is kind of the the key question of Mm -hmm. the sermon. And we see this example in, in the Magi, and as they came and it's like, man, okay, what do you, what do you give to this king? What, yeah. what gift can I give to this true king? And, and the answer to that was, for us, the things that we say, that the things that only we can give. Mm. And so, uh, curious your thoughts, Tyler, on the sermon yesterday, and maybe anything that stood out to you, or sure. just give us a little recap of yeah. what you heard from the outline. Well, man, uh, start off, I, I really did enjoy um, this sermon and just even the way it laid out, and it's given me and my wife time to talk about that over dinner last night, and um, just the idea that, so overall you gave kind of three major points of what we can give to God, which is everything that we have, mm. which would be our time, the things we value most, and our affections in our heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just really, oftentimes I think all three of those things can be tied up in one as well. Yeah. Like right now we're kind of going through a, a pretty busy season, just uh, figuring out life and, and balancing uh, what was me just finishing up some schooling. And so for me, like time and the thing that I value most is also time, mm. you know, so that um, and with my affections and heart is that my affections and heart is that I want to use my time for myself, mm. you know, in being selfish. And so just seeing all three of those being like, man, that that is the things that I want to and need to desire to give over right now anyway, is even in my time desiring to use it both in our, our neighborhood and our apartment complex to um, just share the love of Christ in the season with other people. And then in our own time of just getting to know him better. Um, one thing that you, you shared that I thought was pretty interesting was I don't think I realized how close uh, Bethlehem really was to them, that that walk was not, you know, an unbelievable distance, but yeah. something that would have been travelable. Yeah, about five miles. Yeah. And pretty crazy like to think. 10K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy to think that, um, you know, as you read Matthew 2, these like scribes and priests, I mean, they knew the prophecy. Mm. Like, they were able to tell Herod where this king was supposed to be born. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, had not even traveled the five-mile journey sure. to to check it out for themselves to see if it was actually true. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just, we talked about this in the sermon, but it's so fascinating to me of how our hearts can in many ways and through many circumstances or fear or or where we are can you know become very indifferent to the things of God and what he's called us to uh, there's that a passage I referenced in Zephaniah mm-hmm. you know, which I've been reading in my quiet time and I just thought it was it stuck with me so much Zephaniah 112 it said at that time I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent mm. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. And so what do you think about complacency and kind of 
what that looks like in our 21st century American context, um, you know, and just kind of this this idea of like, I don't know, and I don't really care about sure. spiritual things. Yeah, well, I mean, complacency, I think, is is one just very easy to be succumbed by. I think it's it's easy to fall into just complacency, both in life and then in conversations with people. Man, um, right now there's a, a sweet lady in my wife's parents' neighborhood who um, is just getting older and sick with cancer right now. And so they just had, we've had opportunities to go talk with her and just give her a Bible and share the love of God with her mm-hmm. and just, you know, the hope that is Christ in those final days. Um, and while there are loving success stories of these things, there's also stories where, like this one, where we just feel complacency every time we talk, mm. you know, that there isn't, even though the the final days and mortality and those things can be real and sit and think about, um, it's easy still, even in those moments, to be complacent and to sit in just our own selves, you know, mm. and it's sad, it's heartbreaking to see, but it also makes me think about like my own life mm. and time and um, just how often I skip past the joy and the benefits that could come from being in God's word or the walks through our neighborhood to get to see just the people that are already around us or friends that I know that just don't know him. And I go and spend time just hanging out with him over and over again without bringing up who Christ is or the things that he's doing in my life, you know. I just see many abundant uh, just opportunities in times of my life where I lean towards complacency instead of like reliance on him. Yeah. Yeah. I've been convicted, you know, recently of just um, what it looks like to, to truly live with intentionality mm. and every day to leverage my, my time with intentionality in worship mm-hmm. and in, in the kingdom and kingdom-minded things, and and we can all do that. Whether you work a a secular job or ministerial job, but of just what does it look like to, in my heart, soul, and mind, uh, live intentionally for Christ? Mm. Um, I love what John Piper said when he said that the essence of worship is wanting. Mm. That the es- essence of worshiping Christ is wanting Christ more than you want anything else. And that's yeah. kind of what we talked about when it came to our affections is like, you just can't manufacture affections. Like you can't just make that a thing. Sure. And and in many times you may even feel that in your life or like, man, I just, I'm just trying to like muster up enough of this like desire to want to do this. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a combination of like the spirits work in our life. And it's a combination of like spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And like the more we do that and the more that we practice that, like what I've seen in my life is like the greater my desire um, like comes for mm. Christ. And, and the more time I spend with him, the more time I want to spend with him. And to just to do that, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then we do look back over time and you see these, what look like small steps at the time, but sure. great strides in our spiritual walk. And so that's kind of what we challenged our people with yesterday was, you know, what does it look like in 2022 for you to to give Christ your time, to give Christ your affections, um, to want Him more than than you want anything else? Uh, I do think that comes through finding a good faith family and spending time in the Word and consistent yeah. time, just just day in day out. Um, not not big mega spiritual steps that we feel like we have to take all the time, but just 
man, just consistency over time with Jesus and letting him speak into your heart and life through his word and his time in prayer and yeah. what does it even look like, you know, to share the gospel with somebody and, and look and leverage your life to see people and to see them as image bearers mm-hmm. and people who are created and loved by God um, and how we can leverage ourselves to to help and to care and to show the love of Christ to them. So that's a lot of just what was on my heart in thinking about this sermon. And I think this example that the Magi did set for us is mm-hmm. they, they 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 showed a life yeah. of worship um, in, in recognizing who the king was and how easy it was for these religious leaders who knew the truth but were indifferent toward it mm. um, yeah, and then so- became hostile to it. Sure. As Christ grew up, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. It is It is really fascinating just talking about uh, one of the things you touched on was really just the loneliness that would have been in that moment of Christ's birth, you know, for just Mary and that family of um, just, you, you just think about this king and this prophecy and all these things that are told from Genesis on and Numbers and, and the prophets and all of that. And you think the, the moment itself of like the actual birth would have been this just grand everyone in the world would have been going to try to find and seek, you know? And we see that paralleled with, like, what we know will be the return of Christ uh, finally to this earth on on a white horse and and will be this this triumphant moment. And so it's just interesting to see that parallel of um, just this moment, but still that these wise men sought him out, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I've been thinking even over the past day um, through this sermon was how easy it is for um, some of us who grew up in the church and have been around the church and have a familiarity with the Bible and the gospel, um, for us to just take it for granted. Um, While you also see, I think there's just a sweetness to those who are far from God, you know, even geographically mm-hmm. or spiritually, that then hear the gospel, and the gospel takes root in their life where there's like this zeal and the passion mm. um, that uh, that you can visibly see, which I think is a great example that we see in the Magi of these people who were far away from and had a very limited knowledge of who the Christ would be and where he'd be born. Uh, but but in, in knowing and hearing and seeing it, like came and gave them everything they had, um, and I, I just don't want to live with complacency. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to live with such a familiarity to to the gospel or to Jesus that it just becomes uh, a routine in my life. But to just to, to really rest in the sweetness of His grace and to um, to appreciate it day in and day out, and to show that love to others around us. And so yeah. that's kind of the heart of this message. I hope it's an encouragement to our people, um, certainly has been an encouragement to me as we walk through this Advent Christmas season to be reminded that um, that Jesus did come, that He does love us, that He does care about us, um, that He's here for us, and that He's coming again. So a couple quick announcements. Um, the biggest thing that we have coming up is our December 24th Christmas Eve service. would encourage you to RSVP for that. We have uh, a number of more people that have RSVP'd over the past week, and so uh, it, it'll be a it'll be a full house. It's going to be a lot of fun, but you can RSVP for that on our website, hopechurchjc.com, 
And then the other thing is that we're taking up a Christmas missions offering. And so if the Lord's blessed you in this season and you'd like to give to our missions efforts, particularly international missions to the IMB, and then through church planting uh, that we're doing, would be so grateful if you can give anything to our missions offering as this year comes to a close. So can't wait for next week as we uh, continue our Christmas series. And for the 24th, it's going to be a fun time as we end the year together and looking forward to 2022 and the things ahead. So hope you have a blessed week and uh, we'll see you on Sunday. See you guys.